I want to welcome everybody to another In My Feels episode. Good morning. Nearly, nearly afternoon, but still morning. And you know, following up on my last episode of Conscious Evolution, the book by Barbara Marks Hubbard, I'm kind of really diving into it. It's a great, great book. Please read it if, if you haven't yet. My kind of reading game is really stepping up. I'm kind of, you know, educating, self-educating myself. You know, I left school when I was super young. School didn't really resonate with me. Went out into the workforce. You know, I loved the, the kind of, I guess, the freedom, the financial freedom that it brought by, you know, working, I guess. Um, had a great time. But, you know, before we kind of fully dive in, Thoughts, feelings, emotions, conditionings, um, belief systems, e- expectations, everything on the inside creates your outside exterior. So my question for you listening is how are you feeling right now in this moment? And again, you know, we're approaching the kind of holidays and I know for some it can be um, quite a lonely time. And I know lockdown has been that for, for, for many, many people and the new pandemic of, of everything else is coming out. But I want to say, you know, you're not alone. I mean, I'm here to listen. I'm, I'm here to, uh, as everyone can attest, you know, I reply to everyone I can. And, I, and I'm trying to be kind of more, more self-aware. I have kind of stepped away from society because I see the collective consciousness of people. But again, I want to create a new collective consciousness. But really dive into that emotion. Really express that emotion. Really, I guess, ask yourself how you're feeling, dissect how you're feeling, kind of really dive in on your emotions and your feelings and take your time with it, explore it, love it. You're alive, you're feeling something. This is, this is great. This is what life is. It's conscious evolution. So I'm going to read, a, you know, just a couple of, of pointers and quotes and everything because this is kind of where I'm at right now and it kind of falls into the strangely or not strangely because, you know, I manifest the kind of next level up of where I was approaching on the collective consciousness. And I feel it's something super, super powerful, which I'll go into more in the show, but you'll see why it's super powerful. We are the first few generations to become aware of evolution and of the fact that we are affecting our own future in every act. And again, when I talk about manifesting and everything is in your life is you, it's the accountability factor. And I I can only be accountable for, for myself the, the things that I attract, whether I perceive them as good or bad or just is, uh, the state of the climate, the state of the collective consciousness, the the kind of lockdown, the everything else, this, this, this. I am collectively part of all of that. I cannot be separate from that. So when you start taking accountability for the, your life's, I wouldn't say actions because actions is, is after the thought and the emotion to the attraction, the action comes after. But it's all part of the, you know, part of the the cycle, the spectrum of the kind of manifesting and everything in your life is you. And I think once we step into that, that aspect of life, then you can move forward and you can understand that you are this power, that you are this energy ball that is just projecting outwards, which is a magnet to attracting everything in your life. And it struck me as something in the book too, which, you know, whether you believe kind of in the moon landing or not, I'm not sure if I personally do. But I believe in the conscious evolution that it created from that. And the example is, I think we became more aware of of when, you know, whether you believe it or not, the Apollo landed on the moon and, and took a picture of the Earth. And it shows how small our planet is compared to the universe and and how we're all, all one with everything. Everything on that planet is one. 
There is no separation. You know, each other, nature, animals, climate change. And then from then we started seeing a conscious shift of, of that we now have to consciously be aware of our actions towards everything that's going on. So it was the, you know, the deforestation, the, the climate change, everything else. Everyone started going, well, hang on a minute. We are all one. Clearly we're on this planet all living together. We cannot separate ourselves from that. But we've, we've kind of somewhat lost that, that, that purpose and that drive for that kind of change or that radicalness. And I think we as a collective consciousness need to get that back spiritually. I'm not talking about actions or any type of thing. I'm talking about emotionally within yourself. And then you, know, you started noticing, you know, I guess technology started kind of coming to the forefront. Big pharma corporations really stepped up. But as, as I said previously, there's a lot of us who are consciously aware of us. But we're just not connecting. We're all connected. Of course we are. But we're just not connecting. We are such a powerful accumulation of people who are self-aware. I mean, there's so many of us. Now, if we all collected based on the same goal, the same thoughts, the same feelings, the same emotions, and really explored that for, for positivity, we'd be unstoppable. Another great paragraph from the book is, and, and I really resonate with this, and I'll tell you why. When we all have basic needs for survival, security, and self-esteem, when these basic needs are relatively well met, a new set of needs arises naturally. They are growth needs for self-expression in work that is intrinsically valuable and self-rewarding. Then transcendent needs emerge to be connected to the larger whole, one with source, to transcend the limits of self-centered consciousness itself. People in modern society are stuck between survival needs and growth needs for further self-expression and self-actualization in a culture of intrinsic meaning. What does this mean? So when I had no money, you know, I was basically homeless, no job. I was at, I was 25, you know, years young. Isn't that's not all? It's very, it was very hard for me to become spiritual because I didn't, because I didn't have the basic needs or the necessities that I needed to evolve. In fact, it was the opposite. But I knew that 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 deep down there was something bigger than me. You know, and yes, I was depressed, and yes, I was anxious, and I knew that I I, I wasn't really accountable then for for my my emotions because I couldn't separate myself from it. I was experiencing it. It's only now that I know I was the attractor and magnet for everything that I perceived bad in my life by the way I felt and my emotions and, and my expectations and everything else. Because once you're in it, I only know who I am by who I'm not. And I know I'm not that anymore. So that's my conscious evolution. So when we have our basic needs met for survival and you know security and self-esteem, then you can start evolving as a person. And that's what I did. When my basic needs were met, you know, I was financially secure, my, my, my workflow started to pick up. And, and bearing in mind, from 25, it's probably until 29.30 is only when it started to hit. So from 25 to 30, I was lost. I was trying to find myself and everything else. I was growing. Obviously, yes, I was, I was doing this and I was doing that and I was working in music. But I was, I, was always, I was always stressed and anxious and everything else. And it was only when I started letting go of that stress questioning it why the fuck am i doing this to myself is when my conscious evolution started to explode and started to explore and started to attract the things that i actually wanted to attract even though i am the attractor for everything but consciously attracting them and it goes on again in the, in the book which which is called an evolutionary agenda this agenda is based on the hierarchy of social needs which calls upon us to meet basic food and shelter needs of all people limit our population growth Restore and sustain Earth's environment. Learn to coexist with other species. Learn sustainable economic development and new forms of monetary democracy. Shift the vast military, industrial, technological complex towards building new worlds on Earth and in space. 
Redesign social and economic systems to enhance human compassion, cooperation, and creativity. Emancipate individuals' unique potential and life purpose. Explore and develop the further reaches of the human spirit and the universe beyond the planet of, of our birth. Guide our radical new technologies such as genetics, nanotechnology, robotics, and space development to, towards evolutionary life-orientated purposes. Wow. I mean, this is incredible. I mean, you think about everything that's mentioned there and how we lack a, a bunch of that. Even, even for example, the meet, meeting of basic food and shelter needs of people. That should be the pandemic. That should be, that should be the focus that, you know, what is it, six, six million people? You know, people die of starvation every year and it's, it's insane. The level of the lack of focus we have on that because our collective consciousness isn't there. Our collective consciousness right now is on COVID, is on the kind of mandates, the lockdown, the vaccines, the this, the that. We need to shift our focus within ourselves and understand what is important to us. It's growing. It's becoming consciously aware of our evolution. It's knowing that we are healthy. It's understanding that we maintain our health by our mental state. It says, you know, limit our population growth. I'm not sure how, how far I even dove, dove into this scientifically. But for me, I feel like the reason why we have cities is because it, it makes you feel there's not enough space for, for people in the world. But I, I, don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think, I think there is enough space for everybody in the world. There's enough land, there's enough everything. We just have to consciously evolve ourselves to see the abundance of it. And, you know, shift the vast, you know, military complex and all that type of stuff. We spend an untold amount, trillions of dollars on defense systems and weapons and and the, the the kind of air force the army the navy all these type of things when those resources could be used somewhere else and then and then you know this conversation well how will we protect ourselves because we know spiritually we're protected and i know it sounds crazy and stuff but when you feel safe you're safe you have to program yourself to feel safe because we live in a society that makes us feel very unsafe right now we're in a fear-based society so in even even that's kind of approaching me. And I'm someone who's very aware of self and safety and aware of myself within safety because I am the attractor for everything unsafe. And again, accountability. I'm not going to butter this up as anything else. I cannot do it. I can only speak my truth. But even the, 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 the fear mongery of everything that's happening now and the government overreach and everything else, the limitation we're putting on self is extraordinary. It's insane what's happening. But that's the, again... We are all to blame. We are all the part of the collective consciousness. So this is our manifestations coming to fruition. You know, redesign social and economic systems to enhance human compassion, cooperation and creativity. Fuck yes. Who would not want that? We need human compassion, not empathy. empathy. Remember I spoke about empathy is when you reach the level of that person. Compassion is I see you. I feel you. I am here. Empathy is your operating on that same level that same level of manifesting that's and we don't we don't want to be there we want to reach a level of compassion we want to pick people up we want to feed people we want to help people and this is this is my, my 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 new goal for this for this podcast and everyone listening is if it makes you think about your collective consciousness and and the the the, the role you play in that then there has to be the accountability factor for it and it's it's a beautiful thing i don't see it as a negative thing i think it's something as we are now connecting so please let's connect. Explore and develop the further reaches of the human spirit and the universe beyond the planet of our birth. Beautiful. We should always dive within. We should always know who we are, who we want to be. I don't think, think it's necessary where we came from because I feel like we're here to, to recreate new, a new you, and you can re recreate your new at any moment. 
even even listening now, you can be a new person today. And that's okay. That's evolution. That's growth. And, you know, the, the book goes on to, you know, what would happen if we began to use our new scientific and technological powers within such an evolutionary, open-ended agenda? Ancient prophecies have foreseen our self-destruction, but few of us have seen the magnificence of what we could become collectively through the use of all our powers, spiritual, social, scientific, and technological. You see, obviously prophecies are spoken about the destruction of earth. And, and I feel like this has probably happened over and over and over again, because we are creatures of habit. And this is what happens. Of course, there's been previous technologies and, and design. Look at the pyramids and everything. And but even pre-pyramids, you know, we have the Sumerians and a bunch of other kind of technological cultures that we kind of know of the Mayans perfect, who, who you know, invented the calendar. But we don't know enough about them. And who became before them? They didn't just start pre that. Certainly didn't start in the year one, you know, one AD. An open-ended agenda means openness, being truthful, living our truth, being super open with everything, open conversations, not us versus you. We are all one. You cannot separate yourselves from that. It should be us, all of us. We are all one. That is the meaning. And because we're such a, a negative culture, a negative process, and so much negativity is flying around, we can only see the Earth's destruction due to climate change and everything else. But no one ever talks about the collective consciousness of changing that destruction into something positive. We don't see the Earth as ending. We see the Earth as being reborn again. We can see new technologies which will help build the bridge between the kind of collective consciousness that we're, that we're, we're talking about and the kind of mother nature and everything else. But we have to be accountable for that change. To awaken our mag magnificent social potential, we need to first and foremost to become aware of our new story, our evolutionary story. This story places us in the cosmos and reveals to us our vital part in the evolution of ourselves and our world. And, you know, the, the book goes on. When, when, when a culture has a story, everyone understands it gives direction and meaning to that culture. When people no longer believe that story, the culture disintegrates. For example, religion. You know, technology came around and then you can question religion. So it starts to disintegrate. I'm not saying it goes away. The Vietnam War, you know, in, in the 60s, the propaganda behind the war was this is what we should do. This is what we should. This is something that we have to do. People supported it. And then when it started to disintegrate because they saw the true meaning behind what was happening, the, the peaceful protest, the flower power, the spiritual awareness came from that. That's what I'm talking about. The kind of the negative aspect of war out came the birth of the, the of the 60s, the flower power, the kind of the, the hippiness or the spiritualness, the beautifulness came from that. Same with the, you know, the atom bombs that were dropped on, on Japan by the USA. The same thing is the same spiritualness came out of that. Out of negativity sprung truth, sprung positivity. Same with religion. You know, I spoke about Jesus being a powerful manifester because he lived with his heart. He knew the power that he had. He knew that he could manifest everything in the blink of an eye. And he did. You know, we may never know the accurate history of Jesus's life. But we do know that the written story created a faith and expectation in the human heart that brought forth a new culture. One in which the individual is sacred. The, you know, the, uh, Jesus said the kingdom of heaven or the idea of heaven is within us. Now you have to separate christianity from from jesus because jesus didn't create christianity this is his his spiritual i guess you could call it religiousness it's not really a religion because it was written i don't know three four hundred years after jesus's death so he he, he didn't single-handedly write the christian faith or, or the expression of christian faith 
he brought a newfound religiousness to people. And he brought, you know, an everlasting promise through love of God and for one another, which is we are gods. We are of God. We are created in God's image. So a, a bunch of the religious texts say, it sounds like I'm a preacher, but but I'm not religious in that text. I understand who we are and I understand now who I'm trying to become. And, you know, Christianity, I guess, was born a few hundred years later. And in the variety of forms, it dominated the Western world for more than a thousand years. But gradually, with the progress of science and democracy, you know, a bunch of hundred years later, the literal interpretation of the gospel was no longer possible for millions of people. And that goes for myself, too. You know, when I read the Bible, I thought it was a super negative space. Jesus brought a super positive space to, I felt, which was such a negative and controlling situation. And that's why, you know, I talk about Jesus being a powerful manifester, which is in my previous episodes. Jesus demonstrated the next stage of life with powers over the material world. He healed as easily as he breathed. Literally, he produced bread and fish in abundance. He calmed the weather. He revealed that through the love of God and the love of oneself, he and eventually we could be radically transformed. Now, I feel like we are, again, the life's purpose in stories. This is a purpose. This is a story. When we believe in something, it's something that we can consciously evolve and change within ourselves, not externally. So we're between stories right now. And we still are. We are. We're wielding massive powers. We're over-consuming, over-defending. You know, children are starving. The environment and social systems are deteriorating. You know, people say we have reached uh, the point of evolution or extinction. I don't think that's true. In the midst of our confusion, however, a new story of evolution is emerging. And that has the potential to inspire us to creative action. We have to find a new story of our potential for conscious evolution. And that goes for, you know, scientific, historical, psychological, ecological, social, spiritual, and futuristic. I mean, we all live in the now, or I hope we're trying to do. None of these things have found their artistic or popular expression. It means they're not spoken about. They're not in the forefront. We, 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 they're deep ingrained in us because that's who we are as, as social and, I hope, compassionate beings by nature. But we have to express that more and we have to connect with it. And I know a bunch of this sounds scary and kind of negative aspects of it. But it just shows how consciously unaware we have been and how we and we are. But we need to create a new evolutionary story for our life's purposes. We see daily what's happening in, in the world and the climate. But if we switched our conscious evolution for positivity, we can change it all in the blink of an eye. You know, there was a, um, an author, um, John Randall Price, in his book, The Planetary Commission, asked for a healing of this planet and to the reign of spiritual love and light in this world. And with no less than 50 million people, 1% of the human race, meditating at the same time on December 31st, 1986, the first world healing meditation occurred at noon Greenwich Mean Time. This person, John Randolph Price, and the book is called Planetary Commission, set up healing this, uh, healing this planet meditation with 1% of the human race in 1986, December 31st, 1986. And that was one sole focus on healing the planet. And that was when, if you, if you kind of dive into the kind of historical basis of it, Communism started to subside. Um, the Great uh, Berlin Wall came down. So many positive spiritual evolutions, I think, came from kind of this outlay of this one focus meditation with so many people. 
and I'm and I promise you there's more than 50 million people now who are consciously aware of themselves I'm alive I'm breathing I'm feeling I'm I'm emotion I am love I am all these you know envy I am and grief I am this we're all the natural emotions because we are we are expressing them there's more than 50 million that is a huge amount of people this is something to, to I see this as super positive but it only takes one one conscious evolution look at Jesus one person powerful most powerful being i think has ever lived just by him demonstrating the belief that he had within himself expectation creates reality we are the universe in person and i hope you enjoyed this episode because i mean i'm going to do so much more on conscious evolution because i think it's so what's crucial and needed right now and i absolutely love the book and everything else and it's really getting me thinking about my my accountability and i'm accountable for everything i think and feel and and everything else it's me internalized, which is producing the external results. And again, you know, hit me up on, on Instagram, on Twitter. Please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. I know, I know Spotify is now doing ratings. So please, you know, leave me a rating, hit me up. And I appreciate you all. And I'm not sure if I'm going to do an episode next week, just because I, I, I need time off with the family and stuff. But if not, happy holidays. Really, really take the time if you're off work, if you're working or explore yourself. This is this is a great time to be alive. It's a great time to to learn who you are, know who you are, explore who you want to be. And you can be anyone. You just have to allow yourself to be.